0: Jesus, and how awesome is that? Uh, I was thinking about how Easter this Sunday th- to this year falls on April Fool's Day, and uh, I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, that's almost apropos because Jesus, in a way, was always fooling people. You know, there there were a group of people in Jesus' day called Pharisees who said, "We're going to make a fool out of Jesus." We're going to make his words get twisted and turned. And, and we're going to manipulate the situation. And we're going to show Jesus as a phony. We're going to show him as, as a farce. And people are going to scatter away from him. And, and so they would come to Jesus time after time to do this. And it was so funny because Jesus would take their words and turn them around. And instead of Jesus looking foolish they looked foolish and and they would walk away and be so mad and like we're we're gonna have to kill this guy you know to get rid of him And, and the disciples think about this the disciples often looked foolish as a matter of fact on at least one occasion one of the disciples who had a brother that was one of the disciples also came to Jesus and said hey Jesus, you're going to come into this kingdom. And I'm sure if you have a kingdom, it's going to have a throne. Because what kingdom doesn't have a throne? And so when you sit on the throne, could like maybe I sit on one side and my brother. And you just pick whichever side you want, you know. But, but my brother sit on the other side. And Jesus is like, are you kidding me? You guys don't get it. Do you even know what, you don't know what you're asking? And they would just look foolish at times. But I think that today uh, we celebrate Jesus making a big fool out of death, right? Because on Easter Sunday, he conquered death, hell, and the grave and made the devil look foolish. And anybody else who said he couldn't pull it off, they all looked foolish when Jesus came out of the tomb on that first easter day but today we celebrate that but i was thinking about how often life fools us too you know we we get fooled by life some of you maybe say well I, you know i didn't even sign up for this i didn't sign up for a marriage like this or i, I didn't sign up for kids like this you know how did this happen Or I didn't sign up for a job like this. Or maybe life just isn't where you thought it would be at this point. Come on, somebody. Right? I mean, sometimes we get disappointed. And and, and the good news is that today on Easter... Uh, The beauty of this day is that no matter your failures, your past, your mistakes, all your disappointments, and whatever else, Jesus wants to reveal himself to you. Right where you are, just who you are, he wants to reveal himself to you. And we share in his victory over death. And so I want us to look at a story today that the Bible shares with us that John records for us. John, that was one of the disciples of Jesus. He was one of the fo- close followers of Jesus. And he records for us in John chapter 20. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to that passage, John chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, we always put the notes and the scriptures on the YouVersion Bible app. So if you have that on your phone, you can always pull that up every week. You can even access that wherever you are and uh, pull that up. But we'll also have it up on the screen. John chapter 20 tells us about the first encounter Jesus has after his resurrection with a person. And you're not going to believe who the person is. It's just crazy. Who Jesus selects and chooses to be the first to see him after his resurrection. Here it is. Verse 11. Now Mary, and this is Mary Magdalene. We'll look into that a little bit more in a moment. Stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said. And I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. I mean, this is like an April Fool's, right? She, she doesn't know. She doesn't know who it is. And he asked her the same question that the angels asked. Woman, why are you crying? But then he adds another question and says, Who is it you're looking for? And I think he maybe asked it with a little smirk on his face, too. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have taken or carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, Ah, when he said her name, the light came on, and she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. I want us to look today at how this story applies to your life and mine. The first thing that we're going to look at, if you're following along, is what about Mary, right? (laughs) What's up with Mary? Why this Mary? Why out of all the people, all the followers, all the people that could have been chosen, why Mary? This is Mary Magdalene, she's called in other places of Scripture. As a matter of fact, she's mentioned over 12 times as a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus. And studying her life, Most Bible scholars believe that she got her name as Mary Magdalene from one of two reasons. One was that Magdala was actually a city in that day, a town that was not too far from Caesarea. And Caesarea is where Jesus did a lot of His teaching, a lot of His miracles, a lot of His ministry happened in Caesarea. And we know that Mary came across Jesus early on in His ministry and followed after Him along with other women that followed along with Jesus. And the Bible says they helped take care of the disciples So not only maybe did they cook for them and and, and maybe supply for them, but they also contributed financially as well to the ministry that Jesus and his disciples had. And so maybe, like other people in the Bible, she's named Mary Magdalene because she's Mary from Magdala. Now, the other reason some Bible scholars believe she's called Mary Magdalene is because Jesus would sometimes call people by a different name than what they were known by. Simon Peter, Jesus looked at one day and he says, you know, you've been known as Peter, but I'm going to call you the Rock, right? This was before Dwayne Johnson, right? And Jesus says, I'm going to call you the rock. Now, Peter was anything but a rock at that point. But he spoke to him in faith and called him a different name and did that to call greatness out of his life as he became a rock. Now, magdala happens to mean tower. And so maybe Jesus is saying to Mary, You know, you used to be called Mary the whatever. And we'll see some of the names she might have been called here in a moment. But I'm going to start calling you the tower. Because you're going to be a tower of strength to the people around you. You're going to be a tower that people can hide in, that they can run to, that they can see your faith towering up above the circumstances and the situations of life. You are now Mary Magdalene, Mary the Tower. Now, I don't know exactly which it is, and and what else we do know about Mary is this, is she had been possessed by seven demons. Seven demons, and you think you've got problems. (laughs) And you do, right? You know, we all have problems and difficulties, but the awesome thing is. It doesn't matter what your problems are today. Mary gives us hope and gives us faith and gives us courage that even if it's seven demons, God is bigger than any problem, any situation you might have. Now, we don't know how she got these seven demons. We don't, we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. And maybe you're like, I don't know. I believe in all that demon stuff and whatever what we do know is she had seven problems she couldn't solve she had seven situations she couldn't fix she was broken in seven places that she could not heal and our world today is broken in many places would you agree I mean, it's got to break the heart of God when he looks down at genocide that takes place, sex trafficking, shootings, child abuse. I mean, you fill in the blank with whatever. And how many of you know your pain can define you? But Mary is an example that you don't have to have your pain define you any longer. That there is someone who has power, promise, and hope, and strength that you don't possess on your own that is able to change not just your name, but to change your future. He has the ability to help us overcome the past. And I was thinking about overcoming the past, and I I was looking for a picture this week, and I, I couldn't find it. I don't know if i burn them all. Or, or what happened? Uh, throw them all in the trash or whatever. But how many remember the mullet haircut? Anybody remember that? Yeah, I, I remember it, and and I I thought I had evidence of it. I was even going to show you guys uh, that evidence here today, but I don't know. Maybe I destroyed all the evidence. I don't know. If you weren't born, or you were barely born, or whatever, and you never had a mullet. Just raise both hands and praise Jesus today that you didn't have to, have to endure that, all right? Because that was crazy. But Mary is the kind of person that we give up on. Mary is the kind of person that we think, you know, she's hopeless, Mary is the kind of person that we think, you know, she's just got too many challenges. But God never gives up on anyone. He has a way even of weaving people like Mary into his story. And when he does, it's just another way for him to show up and show off his amazing grace once again in our lives. You know, she's the least likely to be chosen for this leading role to see Jesus for the first time after the resurrection. But that's just the kind of people that God chooses. And it's one of the reasons I love God so much Because he's always doing that kind of stuff. He's always picking people I wouldn't pick. I mean, look, for goodness sakes, he one day picked Craig White to pastor Crossroads Church to start this church in Avon, Indiana. Come on. I mean, that's crazy that God would do that. But she's no longer who she used to be. But, but let's back up to the story. I mean, when Jesus first appears there, she's totally fooled. She's totally fooled. She's totally thrown off because nobody was looking for a body, right? Nobody was looking for a body. Nobody was outside the tomb on Easter morning for, right as the sun's getting ready to come up and say, three, two... One. There is the stone, you know. No. No, they were all hiding. They, 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 they didn't think it was gonna happen. They they were not believing that it would take place. She doesn't go there to celebrate, she goes there to grieve. But there's something that psychology calls hindsight bias. And it's this uncanny ability that you and I have in our brain to be able to think that we can predict the future. And how this works with a hindsight bias is we'll say things like, well, I knew that was going to happen. You know, it's like Cubs fans before the Cubs won the World Series saying, I knew we were going to win that. (laughs) You know, I knew it was going to happen. And everybody's like, no, you did not. You were biting your nails, you know. You were so worried. Your hands were sweating. You know? and, and it's like we, we think after the fact that, oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And it's like, well, yeah, after Jesus came out of the grave. Because it's easy for us to read the story and say, oh, I know. I, I knew he was going to come out. But Mary didn't. She went there to grieve. As a Jewish person, she went there to commemorate his life. She went there to honor his grave again. And no doubt, this was probably going to be a pattern in her life because she had so much to be grateful for. She had so much to be thankful for. Her life had been so radically changed by this man from Nazareth that she would never forget what he did for her. But on this day, she comes and she's standing next to hope but has no hope. She's standing next to power but feels powerless. She's talking to Jesus about Jesus. I mean, think about it. She, you know, it's funny how when you're hurting, you're blinded by things. You know, some of you, you could come into the service today. And we could celebrate Jesus who's alive and well. And you could see the energy of people in this place. And you could hear of testimonies of lives that have been changed and transformed by the power of God. And you can hear me talk from personal experience of the risen Jesus in my own life. But because of your pain, because maybe of your bad choices or somebody else's, Bad choices that affected your life. Today, you're blinded to all that. You're blinded to God's power. You're blinded that Jesus is in this house today. And her pain was blinding her to what was going on. But in a moment, she goes from the agony of defeat to the thrill of victory. She thought she'd never hear his voice ever again. But then he calls her by name. Let me tell you something. God knows your name. But you need a faith with your name on it. Not a faith with your mom's name on it or your dad's name or the preacher's name, or your grandma went to church and was a great religious person. She even had a Bible, you know, and, and read it, and, and, and you know, and, and all. You, you don't need a faith of somebody else. You need a faith of your own. When you go through the trials and the circumstances and the pressures of life and when other people's choices affect you, it's not even your own bad choices. You don't even get that privilege, right? It's somebody else's stupidity that rubs off on you. Come on, somebody. And, and, and that starts to happen. And in your life, you have all of this, this horrendous thing. And maybe some of you are like that today. You need your own Faith, You need a faith where Jesus knows your name and you know his voice. And she gets, think of this, out of all the people, Mary with the seven devils, now Mary the Tower gets to be the one to see Jesus for the very first time after his resurrection. And Bible scholars refer to her after this as the Apostle to the Apostles. How do you like that title, right? She's like the witness to the witnesses. She gets to be the one to announce Jesus is alive for the first time. So that's Mary. What about Jesus, huh? What about Jesus? Let's look at that. On March 18th, 1995, the city of Chicago came unglued. You know why? Because on March 18th, 1995, a man spoke two words, and those two words were recorded on the front page of the Sun-Times, full page. Those words brought hope. Those words reverberated through the city. I know because I lived there at that time. Those words were spoken by Michael Jordan who said, I'm back. And it brought hope. I mean we're going to win another championship you know we're we're going to be the NBA champs again we've we've got hope now he's back i'm telling you on easter Day, Easter Sunday, 2,000 years ago, a man not only reverberated the city of Chicago, but he reverberated all of earth and all of hell with an announcement I'm back. I'm back. You see, we are not here today commemorating Jesus on the cross, as great as that is. We are here, make no mistake about it, don't be fooled, we are celebrating the empty tomb that he has risen from the dead. And what that does is it says to every one of us here today, it's never too late. It's never too late. It may look hopeless, you may feel helpless, And, and I can't change the facts of your life, but I can introduce you to someone who can change the future of your life. And so he can come and change us, just like he changed Mary. And when he came out of that tomb on Easter Sunday, the word impossible had to be removed from our vocabulary. Because no longer could you say it's impossible because the empty tomb makes the impossible possible in your life and mine. Now, I want to ask you a third question. Not just what about Mary and what about Jesus, but what about you? What about you? Because it's awesome that the resurrection is the central fact in all of history but let me ask you today is it the central fact of your life that's the game changer when you make jesus the central factor of your life not just that he's alive but he's alive in me he's alive in me and when you stop living like jesus is still on the cross and you start living like he's risen from the dead. I mean, Mary never thought it would happen. She never thought she'd hear His name again. But all of that changed because God is in the resurrection business. He resurrects relationships. He resurrects careers. He resurrects dreams. He resurrects hopes. There is nothing beyond His power to do. It was on display today when about 10 people were baptized right here in front of your eyes between the two circles. Services today showing that my life used to be what I was but now I'm no longer what I was and I'm not what I hope to be but I'm not what I used to be and I'm on a track with God and he's changing my life every day see like Mary I'm no longer defined by what I've done wrong I'm defined by what he's done right right in my life and he has changed my life forever a few days ago a couple weeks ago now uh i was i had an emotional experience i was um we were going to go see a movie i can only imagine and uh we decided to go see this movie at the regal regal shiloh crossing cinema now what some of you don't know hundreds of you don't know is that that's where we started this church. It'll be 18 years next month that we started. And uh, I was having an emotional experience, not just because of the movie, because the movie's powerful. It's an amazing movie of the grace and mercy of God to change a life. But you have assigned seats now. Do you know that? in the reg- You can't just go in there you know, and just pick a seat. You gotta you gotta pick the seat ahead of time and you get an assigned seat. And so I and I know some of you, many of you, still miss the cup holders. I'm sorry about that. We didn't have the cup holders here today that we'd had in a regal. But also we didn't have these cool lay down seats either. I mean, you can hit a button, you know. Lay down. Now, I'm glad we didn't have those seats when we had church, all right? I'd have had to come over and slap some of you, you know, and <laughs> wake you up. But, uh, but we're, we're, we're getting to our seats, and, and my wife chose the seat. She always likes the middle of the room and everything, so we're in the middle. And, and so she's there, and our, our daughter, and, and she's there, and then I'm here. And then there's three seats here, and these three seats... Are taken by three teenagers who I know and and what's awesome is is we're in the theater the exact theater where I used to preach in the regal cinema so I'm having deja vu big time you know And I'm watching this movie about the grace and the mercy of God at work in a man's life. And I'm sitting next to the grandchildren of John and Barb Cole, who when we started our church 18 years ago, next month, Easter was late that year. I wish it was always that way. But um, that's my issue. It's not your issue. So anyway... um, And so it was late, and so we started in April, and on that first day, Barb Cole came to church. She had heard about this church that was going to start in the Regal Cinema, and she thought, well, I don't go to church, I think I might go to church, and I think I'll go to church on Easter, and I think I'll go to this church, meeting in a movie theater. How novel is that? And so she came, and God got a hold of her life, and she came every week. And not only did she start coming every week, but she started writing on the communication cards, just like you did today, a prayer request. Please pray for my husband, John, because I want him to come with me. And she would write that all the time and turn it in. And she grew in her faith. And finally, one Mother's Day, she said, John, I don't want you to get me any gift for Mother's Day at all. You just come to church with me. That's all I want. You just come to church. And so John came to church with her. And then he started coming to church all the time after that. And then their kids started coming. And then their, and their grandkids were coming. And so I'm sitting in this theater with now what used to be Now, teenagers sitting next to me, and I'm just thinking, where would these kids be? What movie would they be watching? I I mean, had Barb Cole, not 18 years ago, in April, come into the, the... Crossroads Church meeting in Shiloh Regal Crossing Cinema. I mean, if she hadn't done that, John hadn't followed her. And now, three generations, and they were all here in the first service this morning. And I'm telling you, the movie was emotional enough. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm sitting over here next to these three kids. I mean, what? A, this is so awesome. Man. Because God is in the life-changing business. I'm telling you, the good news is what God did for that family in delivering them from alcohol, drug addiction, and all kinds of violence and different behavior in that home. He can do for you here today. You see, He didn't come just to make bad people good He came to bring dead people back to life. And Mary is an example of one where she's got a news story now. I mean, seven demons, that was a pretty good story. Delivered from seven demons. But now, I have seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. And so the Bible says, and let me just close with this. In verse 17, it says, Jesus spoke again to her. And in one version, it says, don't touch me. But that's not a strong enough word. That translation's bad. It's it's not a good translation for what the word actually meant. He said something more like what other versions say, don't cling to me. Or don't hold on to me. Now, why did Jesus say to Mary Magdalene, don't hold on to me? Here's what I think. I think she was holding on to him. (laughs) Just what I think, all right? Because when somebody has done for you What no other power could do. When somebody has done for you what no man has ever done for you, no relationship has ever done for you, no medicine could do for you. When somebody has reached down into the depths of your bad choices and your bad decisions and all of your mess, all of your muck, all of your mire and lifted you up, what do you do? You hold on.
1: You hold on.
0: You hold on to that. Come on, let me preach this for a moment. How many of you have people who say, why do you go to church so much? Why are you always going over there? Why don't you have time for me? Why can't we go do something else on Sunday? Why can't we do this or why can't we do that? But there's something inside of you that says, oh, one day you don't know. I had not one, not two, not three devils in my life but I had at least seven in there, and he delivered me from every single stinking one of them in my life, and I can't let go. I cannot let go. I cannot let go. Somebody give him a shout today if he freed you from anything in your life. But Jesus says, I see a lot of people say, oh, I wish we could have church at Crossroads every night. I don't know if I'd live through that, you know. <laughs> but I, I get what they're saying. But here's the thing. Jesus speaks again. And he says, don't just cling to me. I know you want church every day. I know you'd like to just hang out. I know you'd like to keep this moment. But he says to her, go and tell. Go tell. And he says to everyone here today that claims to be a Christian, that claims to have the resurrection power, of Jesus on the inside of you, he says to you and me, Go tell, go tell others, I have seen the Lord. See, what we need, church, is we need hundreds of people to go out of Crossroads Church today on this Sunday and say, I. Have seen him. I saw him in the baptism. I saw him in the worship. I saw him in the preaching. I saw him in the greeting. I saw him in the coffee that was free, you know. I saw him. I saw him in everything around me today. He is alive. He is alive and well because he lives in me. Oh, if he's changed your life, give him a praise this morning. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you. Some of you have so much to, to praise Him for, don't you? You have so much to thank Him for. And let me tell you good news for all of us. God doesn't love you in light of who you are. He loves you in spite of who you are. And this changed everything for Mary and it'll change everything for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the life-changing power of Jesus that is alive and well. Lord, some of us need to go out of this place a little bit different because we need to be a better example, a better megaphone, a better announcer, of the grace and the mercy of God that one day reached down and through amazing grace changed our lives forever. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I want to be a better witness of the life-changing power of Jesus, the resurrection power of Jesus. He is alive. He's alive in me and I want people that I work with, go to school with, people that I live around, I want people to know full and well that they can have the same Jesus that I have, the same one that changed my life can change theirs. I want to be a living, walking, talking example of the grace, the mercy of God. If you're with me on that, will you raise your hand and say yes. That's my prayer hands all over this room, Father in heaven I pray that you will use this church as a mighty army in this community a mighty army of people God that will go just like those early disciples and say I have seen the Lord I have seen him I know him he's real to me and Father I pray you'll use us this week to touch someone's life in a powerful way. Maybe you're here today, others of you, and maybe you've got problems you can't fix. Maybe you wouldn't call it a demon or maybe you would. But you've got situations in your life where you've tried to fix it. You've tried to help it. You've tried to heal it. You've tried to make yourself happy. You've tried to do all kinds of stuff to to find fulfillment in life. But I'm telling you from experience, there is no life outside of Jesus. And if you're here this morning, what God did, what Jesus did for Mary, He can still do for you. He can deliver you, set you free. He can change your life for ever, right here, right now. And if you'd like that to happen in this place, raise your hand right now and I want to pray for you. Yes, hands all over this room. Front, back, way up there. God bless you guys. Over here, God bless you guys. A whole row of people, several all around the room. Crossroads family, pray this prayer with me. Encourage everybody around you then to pray it. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So just like Mary, deliver me from my past. I give my future to you as much as I know how. I surrender my life today. Thank you for coming in And giving me a new beginning from this day on, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Give him praise. Here, That's awesome. Listen, real quick, I want our prayer partners that are here to just step up. Come down here to the front. Stand across the front. We're going to give a closing prayer. So if you have to leave, you can. But if you need prayer for any reason at all today, any reason at all, we want to pray with you before you leave this morning. Stand with me, and I want to pray over us. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this awesome celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. God, I pray once again that we will go out of this place sharing hope, love, forgiveness with all the people around us, God, who need it so desperately in this desperate world. Holy Spirit, draw every person who needs prayer down here to the front so that they can receive the prayer they need. And God, next Sunday... May we just experience another awesome day of your powers. You fill this house again. And as we focus on how to really find true happiness in life, and we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. If you need prayer, come on down.